0: And why do they sound like they're a 13-year-old kid? I'm not going to answer that. I'm going to use Aaron Rodgers. I'm not going to answer that. Even if I knew the answer, I'm not telling you. Our question of the day. What will be the
1: biggest in-game difference this year? This is the best of BYU Sports Nation. Interviews and insight from this week in Cougar Sports. Every Saturday, only on BYU Radio. To lead off... Here's the double coverage interview of the week.
0: BYU-Notre Dame coming up Saturday at Allegiant Stadium on NBC and BYU Radio. Of course, pregame on BYU TV as well. I'm Jerem Jordan in Studio B. Much more coming up from Spencer Linton in Las Vegas in a moment. But first, let's bring in Nate Mickle from Lawrence, Kansas. As promised, Notre Dame postdoctoral researcher, former Cougar player and broadcaster, who is an assistant professor of management at Kansas, podcaster with Mickles and Dimes. Nate, what's up? We had you on a couple weeks ago. Now we're talking Notre Dame. We brought you back, bro.
2: Yeah, you you came through on that promise, and and I'm so excited. Uh, One, to talk BYU-Notre Dame uh, today, and then two, to fly out early Saturday morning to go watch that game in person. So can't wait. It's going
0: to be awesome. Uh, That's one of the greatest venues that exist in sports uh, right now, which is pretty cool. So you'll, you'll enjoy Allegiant Stadium. Okay, let's talk about what Spencer and I were just talking about, which was comments yesterday from Notre Dame. Not unpredictable or unprecedented uh, in two comments, one about a talent gap and another about age. Uh, Which one is more annoying when you hear it as a former player and broadcaster? (laughs)
2: Um, Well, the talent gap one is always kind of funny. Um, It it reminded me, right when I heard that comment, it it reminded me of 2006 when we were playing Oregon and it was Coach Bilotti that said, you know, BYU, they're, you know, middle of the middle of the Pac Ten conference in terms of talent and we're like, okay, well let well let's let's find out, right? Let's see. And and so, you know, you we win 38-8 and of course the reporters did a good job and said, well, has your opinion changed? And and what did he say? Do you remember Jerem? I don't <laughs> remember. Said, we didn't
0: want to be there so I don't know.
2: You no, know, he said, I stand by what I say. I think they're still <laughs> in the middle of the road. <laughs> so you know, you're the like, worst he, Pac-10 team then. Come on. <laughs> right, exactly. Um you know it's always funny. It, it's, it's so many of these guys, there's there's this whole, you know, the the recruiting world where people just care so much about stars. It's really easy for that to influence your thinking on everything. So, yeah, if, if, if you just look at recruiting stars and that's your metric for who has the best talent, then you say, well, yeah, Notre Dame has the they have the most four and five stars. So they have the best talent. But that's not accurate. Now, it, it's one measure. Sure. But another way to do that is, well, let's go position by position. And you can say, well, what's the most important position on the field, by far, the quarterback? Okay, who wins that battle? Well, BYU for sure. Uh, I'm taking Jaron Hall over Drew Pine all day, every day. And the stats back that up. So then we go to probably the next kind of most important positions, the lines, right? Offensive line. Uh, that's pretty, I mean, BYU has got a pretty dang good offensive line right now. Uh, Notre Dame does as well, but they really kind of struggled early on. You might give that edge to Notre Dame. You might give it to BYU. That's, that's a tough one. So maybe we go D line. Okay. Notre Dame's strength of their team is D line. They've got a, a first round guy, Isaiah Foskey to, that's just the total studies approaching Justin Tuck's all time sack record at Notre Dame. Uh, so you probably give the edge to the Notre Dame D line over the BYU D line. Linebackers, I think they're pretty close. Uh, Secondary, I would say you're pretty close. BYU's got some studs. Uh, Notre Dame has an All-American safety that transferred from Northwestern, uh, Joseph. He's a really good player, gets out of control sometimes and misses some tackles, gets out of position. Uh, If we want to go receivers, so this is really interesting about Notre Dame. They've lost like five or six scholarship receivers in the last three years to transferring out. And it has completely decimated their receiving core. They're basically left with one guy who's a good player. Uh, his name is Lorenzo Styles, number four. He's a good wide receiver. He would play and he'd contribute to BYU. No other wide receiver for Notre Dame would would play at BYU. They would, they would not see the field. Uh so I think, you know, wide receiver, BYU definitely has the edge. Running back, probably give the edge to Notre Dame. They do have three really good. Uh, Running backs that are going to be difficult to stop Uh, tight end Notre Dame has one of the best in the country If not the best BYU's got some NFL tight ends So I mean that was a real quick analysis a little more detailed than just the star analysis But you can see this game is you know I expect this game to be pretty close based on that analysis And that's interesting because yes if the only thing we
0: really do to quantify talent is the stars But we really don't follow up on that conversation while they're in college and then I would argue, Nate, and I did in, in the opening segment, that BYU develops his players as good or better than almost anyone in the country, producing Zach Wilson from three-star to second pick, Dax Milne from uh, you know, walk-on to draft pick to starting punt returner and receiver in the NFL, Tyler Algier from no stars to starter now with Atlanta due to an injury and a 100-yard guy last week. BYU's ability to develop, to coach well, to scheme well, that's at the highest level in college football, I would say.
2: Yeah, I think so. And if you look at Notre Dame's receivers, so they still have a bunch of scholarship guys left on the team and they're all four star guys, but they're not that good and they have not been developed. And And so, like, what good does a four star do you if you can't catch very well and you can't get open and you run your bat routes out of bounds and you get pushed out easily and you don't attack the ball? You know, all of these things are what really win games. And, you know, it, it just reminds me a little bit of, you know, some people, they just their their career is everything to them. Right. It's like, you know, you hear about these kind of neighborhoods in on the coast or New York or uh, wherever, San Francisco, where it's all about going to the premier private schools so you can get into the you can get into the Harvard or the Yale. And of course, those are great schools and great private schools. But it it just becomes like the focus, like it. For some people, it's just all about that status of the school you go to, and then the you know the career you get, and that's a little bit like the star system. Some people just get so hung up on the star system, and forget that there's more to winning football games and playing than just that star rating you got from a, a service from uh, a time you were in high school. You know.
0: Uh, this just in, by the way. Notre Dame defensive lineman Jacob Lacy has left the program, intends to enter the transfer portal. He had two sacks against Cal. So more to your point about some of that uh, talent leaving. Okay, let's, let's talk about this matchup as well. Can Jaron Hall beat Notre Dame? Because if BYU can run, and Notre Dame has allowed some yards uh, in some games this year, obviously lost to Marshall, Cal almost got him. UNC uh, scored some points there but gave up a bunch. If BYU can't run the ball, and that's been a struggle the last couple of games at certain t- points, especially in second quarter, can Jaron Hall throw BYU to win this game?
2: I, I mean, ideally, you do both. But I think that my short answer is, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can win the game without ha- without running on Notre Dame. Uh, their linebackers, like I said, they're good. They're not great. And and I say this, I've literally watched uh, basically every Notre Dame football game for the last four years now. So I have a pretty good sense of like who their team is and and they have good uh, Linebackers—they're not great in coverage. Their secondary—they'll be starting uh, true freshman Benjamin Morrison at corner. Now he's a good player, obviously. You don't—you don't start as a true freshman at corner unless you are. But ideally, you're not starting a true freshman anywhere because you've got veterans ahead of them. So uh, they've got, like I said, the All-American safety Brandon Joseph. Uh, he flies around. He's a good player, but he gets out of position. They've got uh, their who came coming into the season. They had what they thought was a lockdown corner, number five Cam Hart. And in basically every game this season, he's given up a huge touchdown uh, by uh, taking bad angles and being out of position. Jaron Hall is one of the best, most accurate quarterbacks in college football. Uh, you know, I just think back to that Oregon game and uh, his stat line was awesome for playing, you know, for the, the score turning out the way it was. Most of us would have been pretty happy with taking Jaron's stat line after the game. So uh now, obviously, BYU, if they are balanced, that's going to help them. It's going to be tough to run against the defense. Like I said, uh, they've got that DN who is just, uh, he's incredible. Uh, he's looking at beating the all-time sack record. They've got this guy, Justin Adamalola, who is is really underrated, also probably an NFL guy. Um, but the linebackers aren't great. They've got a, a guy that uh, Maris Leofau, who's a freak, but he's out of position all the time. Uh, so they they might be able to, BYU, I expect to be able to find some gaps there in the run defense. Uh, but BYU's got good receivers and tight ends. And I think Jaron could uh Jaron could win this game for them just through the air.
0: And JD Bertrand's uh, second half targeting appeal was denied. So he is out for the first half of this game. Gabe Judy Lally
2: for the second game in a row, right? right? I mean this is what for JD. This has happened two games in a row now where he's had a targeting penalty. And yeah, he's the leading tackler and he's out. For if the first he gets
0: half. a third one, it's a one game suspension. By the way, BYU's Gabe Judy Lally that appeal was accepted, so he is available in the first yeah. half of this game. Okay, where, where does BYU have an advantage besides Jaron Hall in this matchup, and how does BYU win this game?
2: Yeah. So uh, receivers, I think they can throw the ball. I think that the receivers can make plays. Like I said, the, the the BYU receivers are better than the Notre Dame receivers. The Notre Dame secondary is good. Notre Dame's defense has been their calling card for a long time now. And even more so than I realized going back to Manti Te'o, a few years ago, they also had another LDS kid. Uh, there was a safety for him, Alohi Gilman, who's a stud. Um, if, if the offensive line can hold their own against the Notre Dame defensive line, then I think BYU has a good chance. This defensive line, they're 12th in the country in sacks. Foskey is the guy that is just so disruptive. That's getting close to setting the all time sack record. But if, if the offensive line BYU's, which has, is, you know, full of NFL talent as well can win that battle. Then BYU is going to have a real good chance of winning this Notre Dame team. You know, who are you going to get? You're going to get the, the Marshall, the team that lost to Marshall or, or the team that beat North Carolina. Unfortunately, I, I will say that the unfortunate thing for BYU is one of the reasons Notre Dame has made big strides is because they got their offensive line coach back in 2017. They had the best offensive line in the country. And then their old line coach left for the bears. And the old line has gotten progressively worse every year since then. Uh, but Marcus Freeman just hired him back this year and they are improving as the season goes on. Uh, so, the other i will say the other advantage i think Notre Dame has is in the secondary you know i don't expect Notre Dame receivers to do much it's it's all going to come down offensively for Notre Dame it's just about whether they can run the ball with their three running backs and their their stud tight end but if you can limit the backs and limit the tight end Notre Dame's going to have a real difficult time throwing the ball downfield
0: Michael Mayer honestly he might be the best player the BYU plays all year at any position like he is he is tremendous at tight end perhaps the first guy off the board when it's third down and and 6 and Mayer's clearly going to be the number one target. How does BYU defend
2: him? Yeah, so I, I mean, he is phenomenal. At, at 265 pounds. He's the best route running tight end I've ever seen in college. I mean, what what will happen is uh, he'll he'll catch a little five yard out, ten yard out, and you won't think anything of it. And then you'll watch the replay and you'll say, "Wow, that was a really good route." And teams are doubling him, and and he's still making plays. Um, but he, he's gonna he's gonna make a few catches he's he's already set Notre Dame records for um, most catches yards and touchdowns in a season he did that last year so he's gonna make some plays he's gonna have five to ten catches but it's it's not like he's catching the ball for 60 70 80 yards in a single play you know like he'll pick up some key first downs so if, if I'm byU like I'm gonna limit those we're gonna we're gonna double him knowing that the receivers are gonna have a real hard time beating us so yeah we'll double him and then just try to control their three backs. They've got Chris Tyree, real fast guy, one of the fastest guys in college football. He's little. Uh, they've got a bowling ball estimate, and then they've got another guy Diggs. That's good all around. But keep, you know, keep Michael Mayer to five to seven catches. He picks up a couple first downs fine. Limit the running backs a little bit, and you got a real good chance to hold Notre Dame to 14, 17 points, and you go win the game.
0: BYU's not giving it away. Notre Dame's not taking it away. That'll be an interesting thing to watch as well. Well, Nate, we appreciate the time. Thanks for the insight and enjoy college game day in Lawrence, bro, for undefeated and ranked Kansas.
2: I know. There's so much energy here in town. I went to a game last year. There were like 5,000 people. And uh, (laughs) this week, they've already sold it out, third straight sellout, 47,000 people. So much excitement. Jalen Daniels is the real deal. I'll be in Vegas. Now, obviously, I wouldn't trade Vegas for, you know, college game day. I am bummed I'm going to miss it. It's going to be tough to beat TCU this week. Uh, They're pretty dang good. They beat Oklahoma by 31. But, yeah, tons tons of energy here in Lawrence this week. That was one of our favorite interviews this week. You're listening to the
1: best of BYU Sports Nation. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU
0: Radio. Google Whip Around is presented by Marisk, your e-commerce logistics shipping
3: partner. All right, Jerem, where will BYU men's basketball be picked to finish when the West Coast Conference preseason coaches poll is revealed later today? And will they have any all-WCC players?
0: I'm guessing that BYU is going to come in fourth in the preseason poll. I'm not sure the coaches in the league know what BYU has, right? Obviously, an injury to Trevin Nellis, a storyline. Um, yeah, I think I think they're going to go Gonzaga, St. Mary's, San Francisco top three. And then I think uh, there's not going to be any Cougars in the preseason poll, which will be a bit of a surprise in the new deal.
3: I've got BYU finishing third. Just because San Francisco has a coaching change, Todd Golden's gone. They lost some players. So I still think BYU gets picked to finish third. And Fusini Traore is probably the only... Who should be BCC in it. You're right. Preseason team member for BYU. Yeah, You're who right. should probably be in it.
0: He'll be in it. He'll be in it. For sure. BYU soccer beat up San Francisco 6-0 last night. Was
3: that a turning point game for the two I feel like it was. Six goals. We've been waiting for this breakout performance for a long time. Uh, so much for all those ties. I mean, they finally pulled the lid of off the goal. Six goals. And Breca Mazingo rocking the BYUSN karma. Jerem scored from outside the 18 again. So now she's got six of her seven goals from outside the 18. Unbelievable.
0: Yeah, that was nice to see. But no Rachel McCarthy, no Bella Felino on the scoring sheet. That was a little bummer. Uh, Boi certainly wants more from them there. And uh, we'll see how much PT they get because BYU is seeking goals and wins. And if you don't score, it's tough to put you in certain spots there. Those are quality players, but they haven't played up to speed quite yet. So we'll see what happens there.
3: On to Major League Baseball, and I know you feel strongly about this. If the Mariners play the Toronto Blue Jays in Game 2 Saturday, and it happens to be at the same time BYU is playing Notre Dame in Las Vegas, which one of those games will be on your TV, Jerem, and which one will be on your phone or tablet or other streaming device?
0: Now I have two TVs in the basement. One is 75-inch, that'll be BYU-Notre Dame, and the 47-inch would be the Mariners. So I think I'm going to be just fine in that regard. Okay, Fessy weighs in on who did the gritty best with the following. Number one, gritty ranking, Zach Wilson. Number two, Spencer Linton. Number three, anyone and everyone, dead last, Keanu Hill. Enough bringing up the gritty, please. His last celebration was the best. Did you see it? He celebrated with his teammates. It was really cool. Spencer, how do you feel about being second on this list?
3: Oh, I feel good, Jerem. Yeah. (laughs) Woo, let's go, the Gritty. I'll take number two behind Zach Wilson. Well played by Fessy to uh, throw Keanu way at the bottom of the list, even though Keanu's was probably the best of
0: everyone. It was pretty good, right, as we discussed, which he quote tweeted our discussion about it. So uh, Fessy doesn't want us to talk anymore about the Gritty, but here we are talking about Fessy talking about the Gritty. (laughs)
3: oh great stuff Uh, let's go ahead and have BYU women's volleyball just gritty on their way to a victory today it's the number 14 team in the country when they take on Santa Clara you can watch the match 9 eastern on BYU TV and the app with Jerem Jordan and Amy Gann on the call
0: hey pink out game breast cancer awareness tonight certainly personal for Heather Olmstead whose father
1: Rick has breast cancer the best of BYU Sports Nation will be back after this on BYU Radio. Get caught up in the week in Cougar Sports. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation. And our next guest, longtime
0: NFL coach, now an analyst for NBC, Football Night in America, the USFL, and Notre Dame football, he is Jason Garrett. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation.
4: Thanks, Jeremy.
0: It's good to be here with you guys. We're excited about this matchup, and I'm sure you are. What has stuck out in your preparation for uh, what seems like a big-time game in a big-time stadium?
4: Yeah, re- really exciting uh, to be a part of this game. You know, right, right from the outset when you first start watching the tape, it's just fun to see BYU play. Uh, one of the things that's been interesting to us is just the sophistication of the offense. It goes back to, to Lavelle Edwards. You know, all the way back in the '70s and early '80s, with some of the great players that he had, all the way through Detmer in the '90s, and and they always seemed so advanced in the passing game back then. And that DNA certainly has stuck around. Uh, Jaron Hall is exciting. The receivers are exciting. So uh, just to watch them play, uh, the the offensive style that they play with, they they really play at a high level. So that that's an exciting thing. It's a veteran team. So it's been really enjoyable to watch the tape and prepare for the game. And, you know, we've been doing, we've done a couple of the Notre Dame games, so we know their team well, and they've really played well the last couple weeks. The the game against North Carolina was the best team effort they've had all year long. So I think it's going to be a great matchup, a lot of good players, and certainly an exciting venue here in Las Vegas. How good is Jaron Hall to
0: you? Is he an NFL first-round guy, second-round guy, a draft pick for sure, it would seem?
4: It's hard for me to know the rounds, but you don't have to watch three plays to realize this guy's a good football player. And uh, something I've said for years that, that that jumped out at me is, you know, the number one trait for a quarterback is instinct, the feel to play the game, the aptitude to play the game. And, you know, we've seen it through the years. Quarterbacks come in all different shapes and sizes. Uh, but But the one trait that all the great ones have, regardless of, how big they are, how athletic they are, what their arm talent is. Every great quarterback has instincts and feel for the game. And he certainly has that. You can see it when he throws the ball from the pocket. You can see it when they have design movements. You can see it when the play breaks down. He has outstanding vision. Uh, he can throw the ball from from different angles. And uh, he's very accurate. He's got playmaking skills. So he's an exciting player to
0: watch. And he doesn't turn it over. BYU's got one giveaway tied for first in the country. Notre Dame has one takeaway. That's last in the country. Do you feel like turnovers will play a factor in this game?
4: Well, you know, turnovers play a factor in every game. And, and something we always talked about when I was coaching was, you know, the first player to sign a a pro contract was this guy named Pudge Heffelfinger <laughs> in 1892. When you know, the, the the game was different back then in so many different ways. But The turnover battle won back then, and it wins today. And we used to always show our team statistics from the past year, the past two years, the past 10, 20, 30, 50 years in the NFL. And if you win the turnover battle, you have a great chance of winning the game, plus one, plus two, plus three. It's amazing. So um, that will always be a critical statistic. When you talk about Jaron Hall, besides the instincts and the playmaking ability, the decision-making – is so impressive and how he takes care of the ball. Notre Dame has certainly been on a quest to improve that. Defensively, they played good defense, but they haven't made those game-changing turnovers or takeaways. So it's something they're emphasizing. I know it's something on the forefront of Jaron Hall's mind, and it will determine the outcome of this ball game. I really believe that, that typically the team that wins that battle is going to win the game. Pudge Heffelfinger wore the other Y, as we
0: like to say, uh, at Yale. You can appreciate that as a, a, a Princeton guy. <laughs> okay, let's talk about Notre Dame and BYU. Like, which version of these teams are going to show up? And we were just talking about that in the previous segment. Is is this the Notre Dame team that put up a lot of points in UN, on UNC? And the offense kind of woke up there with Drew Pine and those three running backs getting over 100 yards combined, receiving, rushing. And then is it the BYU team that beat Baylor? Or is it the BYU team that... Didn't show
4: up against Oregon. What do you expect tomorrow? Well, in terms of Notre Dame, uh, one thing that, you know, just having followed it and and been around them here for the last month or so, uh, there's no doubt that there's some moving parts uh, on their team, uh, starting with the quarterback. And, uh, you know, so sometimes it takes a little bit of time for the quarterback to settle in and get comfortable playing to the level he needs to. It looked like about halfway through the Cal game, Drew Pine got comfortable and uh, it kind of clicked in. He relaxed. He started playing. Uh, they ran the ball very well. Offensive line was coming off the ball. They have three backs who they like that that they got involved. And that sort of took some pressure off of him. He settled in and made the plays he needed to make. And, uh, and, and, and to me, so they've been a little bit of a work in progress because of the quarterback. They have some young offensive linemen, a new offensive line coach, they pride themselves on being uh, offensive linemen. You, they've had some great ones come out there in recent years. So it looks like they're settling in and playing better. They've run the ball a lot better here the last couple of weeks. So from an offensive standpoint, I think they're growing and they're optimistic about where they're headed. Defensively, you said it. I think they have played well throughout the year. The biggest thing is they haven't made these dramatic takeaways. And that's something they're still going to continue to emphasize but they have a solid veteran group on the defensive side. In terms of BYU, like I said, they're exciting to watch. Uh, they're, they're fun to watch. Uh, they, you know, They've been inconsistent, but that's every team early on in the season. Uh, they've played some teams with different level of competition. They've They've played really well at times. They've played only okay at times. But there's a lot of pieces in place that they like. They, too, like their offensive line. Big, strong, athletic guys who can protect the passer. They're getting some of their receivers back. The veteran guys who have been good players for them, Nakua and and Romney, along with some young guys who have kind of stepped up in their place and shown that they can be contributors too. So it's a good mix of guys. I think they're, they're at their best when they mix in the run along with the prolific passing game that they have, you know, from a defensive standpoint, I think the biggest question for them is, you know, their run defense, uh, Utah State found some opportunities, particularly early on in that game, to simply run the ball against them. So I think that's an area that they have to continue to try to shore up, particularly against Notre Dame, because they're going to try to run the ball in this game. But there's a veteran presence on that defense, a lot of guys with a lot of experience on all three levels, and they don't wow you physically. I don't know if they have a lot of game wreckers, but they play defense the right way, and it's going to be a really good matchup on both sides. We're talking to Jason Garrett, who's on the call with
0: NBC tomorrow here on BYU Sports Nation. One of those guys who hopes to get a lot of yards for Notre Dame is Audrick Estime, who said Wednesday BYU has a lot of good players, but, quote, I feel like their players don't match the players we have, end quote. Certainly on the paper, the Irish are very talented. As a coach, were you okay with comments like that, or did you like them avoiding locker room material and bulletin board material?
4: You know, I, I've been around some coaches who spend so much time making sure players don't say anything they shouldn't say. Um, and, and and I don't know that I agree to those extremes, but I do think it's important to caution your guys about saying stuff that's red meat for the opponent. There's really no reason to say it. You want your guys to be confident. You want them to have a swagger, but you really want them focusing on themselves. And uh, And sometimes that stuff is just – maybe a little bit of a lack of discipline, and oftentimes it comes back to haunt you. So uh, you kind of want them locked in on what they need to do, limit the distractions as much as they can. But, you know, sometimes guys say stuff, and the biggest thing after they do is they better back it up.
0: Jason, we appreciate the time. Uh, We look forward to the broadcast tomorrow at 7.30 Eastern on NBC and Peacock. Have a great call. Hey,
1: great being with you. You guys do a heck of a job. Thank you, Jason. It's going to be a fun game. It, It will be. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. The best of BYU Sports Nation collects our favorite conversations and brings them to you every Saturday. All rise and shout.
0: It's time for what's trending. We've broken down this matchup this week, Spence. It's a big one. Ninth meeting with the Fighting Irish the Cougars. Finally got a game with them, but it's in Vegas. Cougars fans flocking to Vegas down a crowded I-15 yesterday and today. Watch out for that uh, mesquite uh, delay, you know. Suspense, so do you expect BYU to beat Notre Dame?
3: I don't know what to expect, Jerem. Just like we didn't expect what happened at the beginning of the show. Maybe that's an omen for this game <laughs> because it's going to be ah! full of unknowns. Holy cow. Uh, it's it's kind of what makes this game – So intriguing, and to date, in my opinion, the most intriguing game that BYU will have played this season because there are so many question marks going into the matchup with Notre Dame. Okay, The Fighting Irish have a low of losing to Marshall at home, super head-scratcher in South Bend, but then they put together their best performance of the season in a road win at North Carolina, and they scored 45. BYU, in turn, they have the high of beating Baylor in Provo and an unforgettable game under the lights at LES and then the low of getting blown out in Eugene by Oregon not to mention less than ideal home wins over Wyoming and Utah State so a lot of I don't know but here's what I do expect I expect this specific matchup between the Cougars and Irish to be very similar to what BYU faced against Baylor which is relatively low scoring very physical kind of ugly and frustrating for both fan bases at times I think both teams you know, while BYU has struggled in their rush defense, I think there's been such an emphasis put on it this week that BYU is going to be better in their run defense and maybe something similar to what the Cougars had up front against Baylor shows up where they can hold the Irish to less than four yards a carry. I do expect BYU to have the big play-making ability that Jaron Hall has shown so consistently. Like, BYU will have some big plays. I don't know how many, but there will be a few and that's gonna be that's a huge advantage that BYU features because they have Jaron Hall. They win the quarterback matchup. It's not close. Jaron Hall is clearly the best quarterback in this matchup with Drew Pine. So I expect some big plays on BYU's offense, but overall, low scoring, physical, ugly, and then maybe a turnover that could swing the game in a huge way. So no idea what to expect in terms of who's gonna win this game, but Maybe some thematic elements that I'm feeling pretty strong are going to happen tomorrow at Allegiant Stadium. How about you?
0: I don't expect BYU to win, but I also don't expect BYU to lose. Does that make sense? I'm not exactly sure. I'm like you because I don't know what BYU team's going to show up. I hope the best version of BYU against Baylor. And I hope the team that lost to Marshall shows up for Notre Dame. Like They're also asking the same question of who are we, what are we doing? They're like uh, Zoolander looking into that pond. Who am I? Let's see who shows up for each team. And I think turnovers play a big role in this game because Notre Dame, as we've chronicled, has one takeaway. BYU has given it up once. BYU does not give it up and Notre Dame does not take it away. So can BYU create turnovers, use that margin to its advantage, and best the Fighting Irish? One uh, concern I do have is when BYU has beaten Notre Dame, uh, you know, two and six all time, it has required Notre Dame to be a six-win team both times. That Notre Dame was mediocre. Maybe this Notre Dame team is mediocre. Uh, At 2-2, and and, uh, the loss to Marshall, barely beat Cal, took it to North Carolina. Is this going to be one of those 10-win Notre Dame teams? Because if so, BYU probably doesn't win this game. But BYU's got Jaron Hall. We hope that Puka Nakua plays. Gunnar Romney's playing. You've got Keanu Hill. You've got Cody Epps who scored a touchdown in three straight games. Played at a high level in high school with Bryce Young, uh, Alabama's quarterback and Heisman Trophy winner. Brayden Cosper's been good. Can Puka play? Can Chase Roberts play? Like, the full accoutrement of BYU receivers gives me confidence against almost anybody not named Ohio State, Alabama, and Georgia. Um, Can BYU stop the run, though, is going to be the question. Let's go back to the Oregon game. BYU did not. Oregon scored on the first five possessions. BYU was down 31-7. If BYU can stop the run, and at least limit the run in some way like they did against Baylor, which was outstanding. Cougars has got a great shot to win this game because now you put it on Drew Pine's arm. And if it's Drew Pine versus Jaron Hall, I think we all know the answer to the question of who we think is going to win the game if it comes down to the quarterback, Spence.
3: Yeah, I'm with you um, on Notre Dame. Kind of like, I feel like they're probably a 7- or 8-win team this season, Jaron. I, I don't think they're a 6-win team. I think they're better than that. They certainly play another tough schedule. But I feel like Notre Dame's going to end up with seven or eight wins this season. Certainly not the number five team in the country when they began the season, the team that went into play at Ohio State. I think they've got a top 25 defense for sure right now. I don't know about that offense. And when you're playing your backup quarterback now in Drew Pine and and Buckner's out for the season, things just automatically shift. And so I feel feel like this this is a very evenly matched game Full of question marks, going back to the original discussion of we have no idea what to expect, and that makes this game so much fun and really, really fun to try and prepare for because uh, I, I, we're all anticipating just to kick this game off. I hate that we have to wait you know, more than 24 hours to watch this game play because it's going to be a really, really fun physical matchup. Um, you pointed out that B- in BYU's two wins, while Notre Dame was a six-win team, Both of those games were low scoring, and so in the two games that BYU won, BYU scored 21 points and won in Notre Dame in '94. They scored 20 against the Irish in 2004. So BYU has not been able to put together like a huge offensive performance. In fact, and I'll talk I'll talk about this in our game notes later on. The most points that BYU has ever scored against Notre Dame not that impressive. That will factor into our game day guarantee. So we'll dive into that, what BYU averages against in the eight uh, all-time matchups against Notre Dame. Really, really intriguing matchup. Um, and th- I think this is a, a beatable Notre Dame team. I, I will say Absolutely. That. Like, this Absolute. is not a world beater. This is this is not this is not, you know, the bust Jerome Bettis in the early 90s coming into Provo and putting up 45, 46 points a game against BYU. This is a very beatable Notre Dame team. What version of BYU is going to show up? Um, that's a good question. As we, as we enter our game day guarantees, things we have no idea what's going to happen yet. We're going to go on record. We're going to make some game day guarantees. We do this every week. Um, Jeremy, I've been okay in this. I'm eight for fifteen to date. You're trying to get on track, three for fifteen, a combined eleven for thirty overall. We got to work good. together to get to you know keep the thing at least fifty percent. So let's hit them with the game day guarantees. Hit it. Okay, it's number time one. For
1: your BYU sports station, game day guarantees. Guarantees. Yeah, right. To be wrong. Wait, is Mike still on?
0: Okay, here we go. <laughs> Thanks for that. Jaron Hall will have three or more touchdowns. Jaron Hall is going to show out in this game. Ooh. I probably should have said two if I was going conservative. I'm not. I'm not. This is a conservative place. All right. Uh, he's done this twice this year, the last two weeks, by the way. He had five in the first three games, zero rushing TDs for Brother Hall. Zero. I wanted that to be at least one in this game. Number two, BYU will make a field yeah. goal. You always made one in four or five. Only Oregon was over. Missed the last two. Jake Goldroyd, five for 10, three for eight from the 30s, one for one from 45. So we'll see what happens in that situation. And number three, to your point about low scoring, first to 17 wins. First to
3: 17 plus. Okay, I like that. Okay, you went you went with the 17 mark, which I feel is fitting. Okay? and and there's some even there's even more ties to that 17 number that we'll address in in a few moments. I'm I'm of the same um, I'm kind of in the same area with you as far as low scoring, but I think it's a little bit higher. I said first to 20 will win the BYU Baylor game. I think that applies here too. First team to score 20 points, 100 percent, I guarantee will win this game. Number two. BYU will throw for at least 50 more yards in this game than Notre Dame. I, I think BYU has to go air raid. If they want to beat the Irish, I feel like Jaron Hall has to utilize his arm to the tune of at least 50 more pass yards than the Irish. And number three, based on a wild stat we presented earlier this week, BYU will rush for 10 or more yards in the second quarter. Oh, gosh. Here's why it's You're getting crazy. That one. Come on. B- BYU, BYU has only rushed. For ten total yards in the combined second quarters of five games. That's two yards per second quarter. What in the world? That's so BYU bad. BYU will have ten or more yards in this specific second quarter against Notre Dame. That is my third guarantee.
0: I guarantee BYU will run out onto the field. Let's hear from the voice of the nation our question of the day. <laughs> Do you expect BYU to beat Notre Dame? Travis Tingey on Twitter. Yes, BYU will stop the Notre Dame run like they did versus Baylor and Notre Dame has a similar rushing scheme. I'm begging BYU to sell out on the run game and force Notre Dame's quarterback, Drew Pine, to win in the air. His career-long is 36, Jaren's is 68. i pick Jaren if we can force the game in the air. That's an interesting take. Continue to weigh in on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram.
3: All right, I, you know what, Jaren? I think there's gonna be some desperation from Notre Dame because think about this. A loss for Notre Dame means the Irish are two and three After five games. And they still got to play USC and some other really good teams. Like, if Notre Dame loses tomorrow, they're at best, I think, a seven win team this season. And that's that's the team
0: BYU needs to beat.
3: Yes. And and BYU's trying to get to five. This huge win for BYU tomorrow, if they can get to five and one, then the dream season of sorts would continue. A lot riding on this game for both
1: teams. The best of BYU Sports Nation will be back after this on BYU Radio. This is the best of BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio.
3: I had the chance to speak with BYU star forward Lauren Gustin of the Women's Hoops team about the Cougars being picked to finish third, how they use that as motivation, and how she thinks the team will be the most different this year compared to last year, one-on-one with Lauren Gustin. Lauren, you were named to the all-West Coast Conference preseason team, BYU picked to finish third as a team. Let's start with the team projection first. How do you handle preseason projections when you see BYU pick mm-hmm. to finish third, whereas in years past, it's been typically the Cougars on the top or in second place?
5: Yeah, um, well, yeah, we just heard about it today um, and it was really motivating. I think um, it's gonna, you know, give us a lot. It's gonna, for me personally, it's, it's very motivating. Like I wanna see that every single day, kinda see what they expect of us, you know? I think it'll be fun to prove them wrong. Um, just gives us a little extra, uh, you know, anger in practice, or just anything in general. Um, so no, I mean, I'm, I'm, it's disappointing, but at the same time, I think it's good for us to see that to give us um, even more motivation. So I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm not upset about it, but because I'm, I'm excited about it. So
3: you're already a very intense, and, and I'm not going to use the word angry. Mm-hmm. Okay, but you're already a very intense, <laughs> yeah. motivated player. Did you need any more um, <laughs> intensity there? Uh,
5: I mean, honestly, I mean, I feel like I, pl- I do feel. I, feel like I play better when I'm a little angry, honestly. Mm. Um, and sometimes it's hard to get me riled up. So that's, I think that's just perfect to put me on the edge a little bit, so. Okay,
3: this is good. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm, I'm, try- I'm trying to figure out ideas of how I can rile you up yeah. to, get, to get you <laughs> even more angry before yeah. the games. Mm-hmm. So if you, if you have anything else, let me know. Yeah, I'll, I'll
5: give it to you. I'll, I'll, I'll
3: <laughs> let you know some key phrases before <laughs> each of the games. Um, Lauren, as, as you prepare for uh, a new head coach and mm-hmm. um, the first year under amber Whiting I keep hearing new energy new energy mm-hmm. from a lot of the team <sighs> what does that mean what does, what is this new energy about
5: mm-hmm. um, there's definitely a big intensity um, I mean I've felt difference so far um, definitely new energy you know new perspectives on things um, new way of coaching new way of you know practices really everything is just kind of new um, which has been really good for us as a team to kind of um you know have a have a change of routine um so it's been it's been a great new energy a lot of um a lot of you know new players to mm. you know af, as far as our team so everything's kind of a new look new you know offense new defense type of deal so it's it's been it's been a lot of fun it's, we all have to be really engaged um just you know learning new stuff every single day so yeah it's it'll be yeah she, she's great the intensity she brings is is, is crazy so it's it's awesome
3: how will BYU women's basketball be both different
5: mm-hmm. and the same? Yeah, um, I think we'll be the same as you know we want to win. Um, you know we're we're gonna win. We're gonna uh, put our name out there. So I think that's gonna be the same. Um, we're also different with you know we're gonna have different different key players this year. Um, you know we a lot of lost we lot we lost a lot of players last year. Obviously you know lost our coach, but. Uh, so we'll be different as far as you know, maybe the way we play, and obviously who's playing, and um, our coach, and everything. But we're going to bring the same, um, you know, energy, and we're going to we're going to win. So
3: okay, <laughs> yeah. we're going to win. We're going to win. It's like all in here. We're going to win. Okay, <laughs> I believe you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I'd fear for myself if I disagreed with you. Um, <clears throat> let's let's kind of explore the dynamic of, mm-hmm. of different schemes and whatnot. Yeah. Um, BYU has been a team that has been so balanced and very, very effective on offense. Mm-hmm. Um, not to say that you haven't played, you know, great defense well, because yeah. there have been, you know, uh, spurts of that as well in the past. But like from from a schematic standpoint, how will BYU look different on the court?
5: Mm-hmm. Um, well, we lost a lot of great players, um, so uh, it's going to provide opportunities for the other girls and all of us to step up and fill in those minutes and those points. Um, so that's going to be. Probably the biggest difference, you know, is just different we're gonna have to work, you know, in different ways to you know, provide what we mm-hmm. missed. Um so that probably be the biggest difference. Uh defense I feel like we're really emphasizing this year too. You know, um we tried to every year but I feel like that's one thing that, you know, coach wants, you know, teaches and emphasizes our defense. So we're definitely will bring a good defensive um energy too.
3: How have you changed as a mm-hmm. player over this past offseason? Mm-hmm. And, and where have you sought to improve the most?
5: Yeah. Um, I feel like this year, you know, I'll definitely, I feel like I need to be more, like, well rounded, I guess, like, kind of bring more than just, like, you know, maybe rebounds or um, that, like, aggressiveness. So I've had to kind of learn to um, be more aggressive on offense, you know, because I'll have to, you know, provide more in that part of my game. Um, also, just be able to defend the perimeter better, you know, be more of a four um, and also, you know, be five, but but be more comfortable out there on the perimeter, so.
3: What's better, getting a big rebound <laughs> or scoring?
5: Um, I mean, I love my rebounding. I think I think it's so fun to, you know, especially like if I am like smaller than the five, I think it's just fun to kind of, you know, just go down there and just be aggressive. Um, obviously scoring's fun, I love scoring, but rebounding, that's got my heart, I feel mm. like, so.
3: Fair enough. I'm not surprised by <laughs> that. Uh, we mentioned a few times the loss of some key players. Shaylee mm-hmm. transfers, uh, Paisley graduates, and Sarah's imposing presence is no longer there. Yeah. So how has all that changed your your specific leadership role on this
5: mm-hmm. team? Um, yeah, we lost a lot of great leaders. You know, I look up to, to all of them. They were all great girls to look up to, you know, fun to play with. Um, but the team that we have now is, you know, we're we're going to— do a lot of great things, but as far as my leadership, um, I feel like I've had to step up a lot, you know, um, especially being a returning a starter, uh, just kind of, you know, bring bring a leadership and discipline to the team and kind of um, just try to, be more of like a confident player for them so that they can find confidence in themselves as well because i noticed with like paisley and you know all of them like they were confident leaders so it you know made us play confident sure as well so just trying to fill in those shoes but obviously it's a big role so
3: are you leading the strength and conditioning program as well
5: uh-huh nah. <laughs> steven steven gets us good i'll give a shout out to steven yes for he that. does he makes yes sure he does we get our protein in too so. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Uh, That's such a big part of who you are, Yeah. you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, And and it's to your credit. It's incredibly motivating, you know, Mm -hmm. for so many people, and I'm sure for your teammates as well. Where does that innate desire come from? Mm -hmm. Does this this work so hard in the gym? (laughs) Um,
5: I think I love it because it's something that I can control, I feel like. Um, You know, when you're out on the court, you can't always control if if you're gonna score, if you're gonna get, you know, I mean, you can control your efforts, obviously, but as far as the gym, it's like something that I can control is like, you know, how hard I'm gonna, Go or, like, what way I'm going to try to put up. You know, it's more just, like, this, like, little little environment where I feel like I can just, like, I don't have pressure or, like, any – I can just, you know, it's just me and me in there, you know, just me versus myself, mm-hmm. It's a little cheesy. But I feel like I'm not, like, so in my head. It's just a way I can just go, just work hard and feel good and not feel like I'm, you know, have to put up a certain amount of stats or a certain way, you know, to make myself, like, feel proud kind of. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, no, it's always just been – Let's safe space for me so
3: is there any competition element there with your brother porter
5: um <laughs> no i mean <laughs> I, I feel like the, the parents definitely love him so i feel like you know it's like but no he um no he's he's really humble and always has been always motivating for me obviously but um no he's always been great to to work with or you know try to work to be um like like him more, so he's just more of a you know always a motivator, never competition.
3: <laughs> he of course is with the Miami Dolphins, so by mm-hmm. nature, are you a Dolphins fan this year?
5: Yep, I am. So it's uh, I mean they're having a great year so far. Yeah. So um, yeah, I mean Florida's beautiful, so I can't complain.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and uh, for the record, she never skips leg day. That's a, that's for Jason <laughs> Shepherd. Okay, one of our colleagues <laughs> is a big gym guy. He. Always skips that Always skipped, You is, never skip. He's one
5: game. of those normal ones. They, just, <laughs> they love the upper body.
3: <laughs> Lauren, uh, thanks for the time. Mm-hmm. We're looking
1: forward to a great season.
5: Yeah, well, thank you for having me. You got it. So.
1: The best of BYU Sports Nation. We'll be right back.